Hey y'all, you're listening to the Calvary Youth Culture Podcast. We meet on Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. at Calvary Church. For more information, check out our Instagram and Facebook at CYC Students. Our goal for this podcast is to inspire you to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, we're kind of piggybacking on, on some things that we've been teaching about. So, you know, the first the first Thrive Night, we had talked about revealing the names, and we talked about doing good works. And last night, we talked about, or sorry, last week, we talked about having joy. So tonight, I wanted to talk about goodness, goodness, the goodness of God. And um, where all this is coming from is actually a passage in Romans. It's, it's one of my all-time favorite scriptures, and it's the reason that I used that short clip right there for the bumper video. If you notice at the end of it, he said, you know, we just want to invite the kingdom of God into whatever we're doing. And there's a passage in Romans that says, the kingdom of heaven is like. And a question I get a lot of times, not just from students, but from all sorts of people are, what do you think heaven is like? Like, like what is heaven going to be like when we get there? And the Bible actually says many times, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then it describes it for us. So in Romans, it says the kingdom of heaven is not about food or drink. Sorry. The kingdom of heaven is not about food or drink, but it's about goodness, peace, joy, and a life lived filled with the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is about goodness, peace, joy, and a life lived filled with the Holy Spirit. So what we're talking through this month is a bunch of culture stuff. We're talking about how to create a kingdom of heaven environment in this room, in your life, in your schools. Remember remember at Thrive Night when I said, if this room were 10 times bigger than it were right now, would your city look any different? Well, the only way it's going to look different is if we invite the kingdom of heaven in and we start showing these attributes of God's goodness and his peace and his joy. And we start living a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, that's straight from Romans. I'm not just making that up. Listen, I want to recap a couple of theological points that we went over last week because it's important that we understand them. And then I'm going to dive into a passage. And we're, we might fly through it because I love small groups. It's like small groups are like my favorite thing ever because you get a chance to talk about it. But I want to hurry up and book it through these theological points real quick. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So remember last week I talked about when you were created, you were created with a master. And you were created with your master being God. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they chose a different master. They chose the enemy as their master. And so now when we're born, we're born into a life of sin. But God sent his only son to win us back. Remember, I talked about this last week. There's a great war happening over culture between Jesus and the enemy. And Jesus came, died on the cross to win it back so that we now in this room have a new master. Jesus is our new master. We don't live the old by this new master. Amen. It's it. And just leave it. Done. Three words. A hundred farm and the work done. So he goes, he goes back to the city. And he gets three more workers and says, hey, I will pay you $100 if you come and you start working on my farm for the rest of the day. So those next three come back. 
Well, they get to work on a farm, and, they, and then the farmer realizes again, I'm not, I don't have enough workers to get the work done on my farm today. I need to go again and get more workers. So he goes back to the city again, and he finds three more men waiting for work, and he goes ahead and he hires them. He says, I'll pay you $100 if you work for the rest of the day. Those nine or ten dudes are now working on the farm, and the farmer still realizes that he's not going to get all the work done with just those men. So what does he do? He goes back to the city again, and he finds two or three more men. There's like one hour of sun, sunlight left. They can only do like one hour's worth of work. I'm going to work on my farm. Farmer says, I want to hire you, and I will pay you $100 to come and work on my farm. So for the rest of the day, that one hour left, they came and they worked on the farm. Well, it came time at the end of the day for the men to be paid. And the men who he hired last came up first to be paid, and he gave them $100. Well, the men who had been there working all day were standing there, and they're thinking, oh, man, these guys only worked an hour, and they got $100? What do you think they're going to get? They're going to get like $1,000, right? Because they've been working all day. Well, that's not what happens. I'm going to read you from verse 9. It says, when those who had hired late in the day came to be paid, they were given a full day's wage. And when those who had been hired first came to be paid, they were convinced that they would receive more. But everyone was paid the standard wage, $100. When they realized what had happened, they were offended and complained to the farmer, saying, you're treating us unfairly. They've only worked for one hour while we've slaved and sweated all day under the sun. You've made them equal to us. The farmer replied, friends, I'm not being unfair. I'm doing exactly what I said I would do. Those who only work for an hour equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? And why should my generosity make you jealous of them? There's another version that says, or is your eye evil because I am good? Just talking about the goodness of God. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you deserved something that someone else got. I've been in a situation before where I worked my butt off in basketball for two years, and I earned a starting role, not only that I was a captain of a basketball team, and an underclassman came in and took my spot, and I ended up on the bench. Am I right, Cecily? It happened my junior year of college. And I remember thinking in that moment and being so bitter towards this underclassman who came in and took my spot. I could not recognize that the goodness of God was for him in that situation because I was so bitter towards him. And because of my bitterness, it actually blinded me to the goodness of God. And I think sometimes that your jealousy, your jealousy in a situation will lead to bitterness and your bitterness will eventually lead to hatred. And I think it's a path that we often find ourselves walking down, and we don't even realize we're walking down it. Maybe our friend at school gets to go out with the girl you wanted to go out with. Or maybe your friend gets the grade on the test that you thought that you deserved. Or maybe you feel like your parents are being unfair to one sibling. Oh, why did my friend get to sit in the front seat? Why did my, why did my sister have to not unload the dishwasher? Why did I have to do it? Am I preaching to anybody in here? Am I saying thank you? <laughs> and what it does, what it does 
is it creates jealousy and it creates bitterness and eventually it creates hatred. And you want to know how I had to get over my bitterness of this dude taking my spot on the team? I actually had to look. I found myself like scrolling through Instagram on his Instagram, like just actively being mad at him <laughs> as I'm on his Instagram. Like, I can't believe you took my <laughs> Like so mad in that moment. And what I actually had to do, and here's how you're going to overcome bitterness, right? This is a key point for tonight. A way to overcome bitterness so that you can see the goodness of God in every situation is to speak truth over the bitterness. So when you start scrolling through it, that dude's Instagram or that girl's Instagram that you're bitter about, when you start seeing them in school, you have to actually train your mind to pray for that person and go, God, show me goodness in them. Because I can't do it on my own. I'm so bitter in this situation. I'm so jealous. I hate this person. I can't, I can't grasp how you can be good to this person. And you actually have to let God renew your mind because you're not going to do it on your own strength. It's just not going to happen. So what is the solution to bitterness? Well, it's truth. And it's truth about what God says about the person you're bitter about. I want to read another verse real quick. And it's James 3. 14 through 17, James 3, 14 through 17. It says, who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfishness in your heart, do not boast about it or deny truth. That earthly wisdom does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. And here's what this verse is saying. Listen, you might think that it's not fair. And here's what this verse is saying right here. It says that the wisdom of this earth may make it seem like it should make sense that you should get paid the same as that other person. It should make sense that if someone only works one hour and gets paid $100, then you who work 10 hours should get paid $1,000. That's what makes sense, right? It should make sense that if my brother washed wash the dishes this time, then my sister should wash the dishes this time. That's what should make sense, right? Well, that's earthly wisdom. And what this is saying is that earthly wisdom leads to disorder and evil practice, and it's unspiritual. But what we have to understand is, is that sometimes in the kingdom of heaven that things don't make sense. Sometimes the goodness of God doesn't make sense. And we have to learn to recognize that sometimes the goodness of God is for someone else's season. I've seen people before who have fasted and prayed for something for 20 years. And somebody else came in and took the exact, same, exact thing that that person was fasting and praying for. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Where's the goodness of God in that? Well, that's earthly wisdom. One of my favorite quotes is this. It says, if you wash someone else's feet, you'll find out why they walk the way they do. If you wash someone else's feet, you'll find out why they walk the way they do. I'll go back to my example with my friend in, in college who took my spot. He is my friend now. The kid came from a really, really rough background. 
I came from a great, great family. My mom's in this room. I came from a great family. I never had no troubles growing up, even though sometimes it felt like I did, right, Caden? Sometimes. But really, it's not that bad. But my friend came from a family where sometimes he might not even have known if he was going to eat that night. He might not have known where he was going to lay his head. He didn't know what he was going to be doing the next day or the day after that. All he knew is that he had to work his butt off so that he could pay for college by playing basketball. That's it. And when I took the time to put myself in the situation where I was washing his feet, and what I mean by that is I was looking at pictures of him and speaking truth over them and going, God, give me your heart for this person, what you understand, how to love him better so that I can understand what your word says about him. So when I put myself in a situation where I was washing his feet, I quickly found out why he walked the way he did. And I think that so often we miss out on that opportunity to put myself in someone else's shoes. And we just get so bitter. We just get so bitter about things. And it's because we're not recognizing truth over that person. There's many times there's people in this room right now who have bothered me. Is there, am I right? Olivia, you got a sibling in here. Am I right? There's people in this room that have bothered me at one point or another. But I haven't let that grow into bitterness. And I haven't let that grow into hatred. Because I find myself going back to what the Bible says about that person and speaking truth over them. One more thing I want to say. One more thing. One more point. Your spiritual promotion always comes before your earthly promotion. So in this story right here, it's about an earthly wisdom, right? The person didn't necessarily deserve the $100. They only worked for an hour, but they received it anyway. And I think sometimes I find myself waiting on my moment, waiting, when is my opportunity going to come? When is my chance to feel the goodness of God going to come? And I was just talking about this actually yesterday on the show about how your spiritual promotion is always comes before your earthly promotion. And so if you're sitting there waiting on your opportunity saying, when is it going to be my turn to feel the goodness of God? What you need to do is deepen your relationship with Christ first because your, your, your relationship with Christ needs a spiritual promotion before your earthly opportunity will present itself. And some of you might not understand that right now. And maybe it's because you're young. I get it. it it's, it's a difficult concept to understand. But what you need to understand is that we need to be steeping ourselves in the truth of God, and we need to be filling ourselves with prayer and with the word and growing our intimacy with Christ so that when it comes time for that opportunity, you're ready for it. Because your spiritual promotion will always come before your earthly promotion. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and here's what I'm going to pray specifically tonight. And then you guys are going to go in your small group, same small groups as last week. I want to pray the, God, the goodness of God into you. But what I also want to pray is for any bitterness in you to leave so that you can see the goodness of God in other people. Let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you for this evening. God, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for the goodness of God that just goes completely beyond earthly wisdom. It doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense that you would be good to us. It doesn't make sense that you would be good to my friend. It doesn't make sense that you would be good to my family. And so, God, we praise you for your goodness. I pray for goodness for my friends and everyone in this room. And I pray that if there's any bitterness, jealousy, or hatred in them, that it would leave right now in the name of Jesus. And that your goodness would fill that spot. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.